Hello, everyone. I'm Jamie Bricker, and welcome back to this week's edition of our ongoing weekly podcast series, Affective Leadership. Positivity promotes productivity. Now, throughout our October podcast, our focus has been on leaders establishing better communication with people across the organization. Today, we're bringing October to a close by discussing the byproduct of effective and affective organizational communication. And of course, that is all about relational authority. Now, every organization, large and small, needs positional authority. Absolutely no question. But positional authority is all about the job title. But affective leaders realize that if people across the organization feel valued, respected, and heard, then they can lead by relational authority. And relational authority is far more powerful and impactful than positional authority, but it requires people to truly believe in the leader, and most importantly, to trust the leader. So before we go any further, it's my pleasure as always to welcome back my co-host, Jack Barkley. Thanks, Jamie, glad to be here. Great to have you as always. So Jack, how do you recommend affective leaders transition from relying on positional authority to establishing relational authority across their organization? Uh, Jamie, I really like this question. It, it really makes me think of uh, earlier days starting as leaders that uh, that uh, type of positional authority was that top-down um, dependent, of course, on your position on day one, coming from the role or the title uh, into which you stepped. Well, then, Jack, and if I can just interject, I think, once again, as I mentioned in the intro, uh, with our focus being on relational authority, I just want to kind of uh, stress that you and I both fully endorse and understand that there absolutely needs to be positional authority within any organization. Absolutely. There, no, no doubt about that. But however, as, as you step into that role and begin to build those relationships with people, relational authority almost becomes a, a type of prime currency for you or a value where you start to see people work together, help each other out, uh, team up for success uh, in the organization, you know, forgive each other's mistakes. And as a result, generally stick together in that organization. And I, I can't help but feel that people then become interrelated and, and the affective leader uses both to persuade positively. Like after all, we're social creatures and, and those relationships matter, but fully agree with you that that, that position is always there. Is that oh, 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 so very so, reasonable? Well, so true, Jack. I mean, like to me, it's all about, uh, you know, ultimately getting people on board. And, uh, right. you know I, know, I know to both of us that throughout our organizational careers, I mean, people do their best work when they believe both in the overall, excuse me, organization, and most importantly, in their respective leader. I mean, that's what it's all about to get that buy-in. So now we're going to look at the five keys to establishing really authority uh, throughout your organization. And the first key is really respecting your predecessor. And I think this is one that's often kind of um, overlooked, but I mean, like right off the bat, um, if you assume a new position in an organization, chances are there are people who you are now overseeing who applied for the position you just attained. 
So obviously there's going to be some potential raw feelings and bad feelings and things you've got to kind of smooth over. And as we, as we well know, Jack, uh, people aren't islands. Like your predecessor uh, who left the organization or got a different position, uh, whatever the case may be, he or she has contacts and uh, they may very well have been very well known and very well liked or whatever the case may be. So once again, we have to make sure we're speaking of them in, in positive terms. And I think of like, you know, we like to think of, you know, leaders as being change agents, which of course is a key part of the role, but boy, that change has got to be kind of incremental. I think in general, kind of slow and steady wins the race. That's, that's true, Jamie. And, and the reality really is that life is fluid and, and you can't help but think of that in today's time, things are changing in the job place, certainly with the pandemic and leaders have to embrace that change almost uh, positively for for the people with them and, and for the organization. Oh, so true. And in terms of that positivity, I think it's important that, uh, just to clarify, making changes doesn't mean we're minimizing or dumping on past practices. Uh, right. You know, it, it's, not, it's not a comparative thing. Like, oh, look at us now. I think that's really important too. And, and finally, when it comes to the predecessor, I think certainly only when it's warranted, we don't want to feel kind of like we're being it's seen as we're being kind of token, but when it's warranted and there's times to genuinely compliment uh, the efforts and accomplishments of your predecessor and his or her team, I think absolutely seize those moments. Yeah, well said, Jamie, for sure. And I think that leads us to the, the second uh, key point to establishing authority, and, and that's conveying that competence and the confidence uh, in your role. Um, and it's certainly this will indicate your own security level, your own uh, feeling uh, secure in your role. And, and it also points to how you speak of your colleagues. So the, the questions that ring in the back of my mind are, can you actually do the job? Uh, and are you leadership material? You say, how do we exude that? What does that look like? So, Jamie, I think that uh, the people in your organization look for a calm and a stable leader, somebody who's consistent and reliable and predictable. Well, would you not say, Jack, that those skills are just kind of heightened in their importance during the pandemic? Because, I mean, like we're in such turbulent times and people's personal lives are in such upheaval in many cases that boy, those like the calmness and stability at work is even more important than ever. Oh, with, without a doubt. And, and Jamie, just along those lines, it makes, makes me think that the other side of, of being um, dismissive and arrogant and condescending, people pick up on those pieces as well. And they are heightened in, in this time uh, and in any time of, of stress or, or crisis to a degree. So day in and day out, Bottom line is that your performance as a leader builds that credibility. And let's face it, I mean, relational authority at, in a, you know, really at its uh, grassroots or its essence is all about, it's based on a leader's credibility. And I think it's important, Jack, for us to stress that relational authority doesn't mean, uh, you know, the leader looks at everyone as kind of his or her buddy, buddy, and we're all best friends and let's have a, a group hug or whatever. I think it's really important to stress that uh, relational authority is driven by high expectations and high performance at work and so on. 
but it's based, of course, also on reaching out and connecting with people. And this connection is really all about, first and foremost, the leader's credibility. Yes. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more, Jamie. And I, and I look at, at that question that we ask ourselves as leaders, like, what benefit are we to our people in, in keeping both of those uh, types of authority in mind uh, really help you with that. Well, I think this is a, a nice lead into the third key, and that's around the idea of walking the talk. Uh, we, we've often heard that phrase, and, and we've talked about our people always seeing us, always being on a stage, and, and do, I ask myself, do people see the leader or to see me as, as a genuine person? Am I, am I believable in, in what we do? And, and when we think of the positional authority and the relational authority, it, am I creating a do as I do environment or simply as I say, or am I leading by examples? Because I think our actions, uh, our day-to-day -day actions and what we do and interactions speak a lot louder than our words because that leader is always always being noticed oh let's face it jack as we both well know the you know the leadership fishbowl has no off switch absolutely you are always in full view that that's so true and another point i always remember in discussion with you was um, that um example of the trees in the forest and and when you step into that leadership role you might have your you might be that expert in one area or that one tree but you you really need to have to widen that lens so that you're looking at all of the pieces of the puzzle all of the trees in absolutely that. and that's so important but it's easier said than done because as you say most people in organizations um they're promoted uh, and they deserve their promotion, but they're, they're promoted for having a particularly uh, high skill set in a certain area. And as you say, that's kind of quote unquote one or two trees. But now that they're in a leadership role, uh, and it's not that all the trees are of the same importance, they certainly aren't, but there's a lot more trees in play. And as a leader, you're right that it's so important to widen that lens. Yeah, or em empowering others, as, as we say, for sure. Oh, well said. That, that's another huge part of it. Um, now, the fourth key, I really look at it as uh, admitting mistakes and I guess I'd call them vulnerabilities. In other words, if you're, if you're leading by relational authority as a leader, and, and when you get those moments and seize those moments when I, I guess I'd say show a human side and uh, that kind of in addition to your role, you're a regular person and a huge uh, thing there for me is kind of that whole kind of honesty piece. And are you okay to admit? And like you're, you're, you go back to what you mentioned earlier, Jack, about your confidence piece. Do you have the self confidence to kind of admit that you honestly don't know the answer at this point? Yeah, that that's right, Jan. And, and I think it, it's okay to do that and and reassure the group that uh, that you'll find the answer or work to find somebody who does know the answer and you'll get back to your group or to the person in a timely fashion. It's much better than, than giving an answer and then finding out that you're incorrect or wrong and that you have to go back on things. Or, you know, or the kind of deflect things, uh, you know, kind of the, you know, the Teflon leader, just kind of deflect things, they bounce off you or, or pass the buck. 
Um, I think another key for um, a relational uh, leader is really all about that ongoing willingness to learn and accepting different views. And I, I think it's, it, it really kind of sets the foundation for a, a win-win uh, where, you know, you're not necessarily uh, agreeing on something with someone or you're not quite sure about something, but that leads to really rich discussion. You don't have to put the pressure on yourself as a leader to be the know-it-all. In fact, that can really work against you. And I think it, it, that kind of uh, perceived weakness, if you're not sure about something, can actually become a real strength because people respect your honesty and openness. And as you said, Jack, this, of course, is provided you do get back to people fairly promptly with any clarifications. Yeah, it's so true, Jamie, and that uh, the vulnerabilities and accepting differing views also brings in the diversity piece as well, where we're, we're taking into account race and gender roles and abilities of, of people on your team and being able to just uh, go to them. And, and, and again, we talked about trust earlier, and I think by doing that, you, you, you show the team you're trusting them, and it continues to build that within the organization. And also showing the team that all people's differences just make the team that much richer and that much stronger. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and the fifth uh, key to establishing authority uh, is, I think it's really an important one that's going to affect all organizations. It's just a, a, ma- a fact of life. And that is managing some type of crisis. And it's certainly, uh, I found during these kind of crisis modes, that's where absolutely positional authority uh, does certainly step to the forefront. Uh, however, I'd like to stress that doesn't mean relational authority disappears as compassion and empathy and understanding and good listening and so on. They are also uh, very important. Um, one key I really found, Jack, that through a crisis was, you know, the things really, really kind of all end up at the, uh, the affective leader's door, so to speak, and he or she embraces that level of responsibility. Yes, that that's such a good point, and and that that's where you know the that leader projects calmness with uh, uh, reason, planning, and responses, and and really not driven by emotion. You know, and and uh, you're readily seeking out other ideas uh, and opinions. That good that good leader, effective leader, is is going to know that just as you say, they're not going to have all of the answers, and that might include thinking about your predecessor in a, a given situation as well. You know what, that's an excellent point, Jack. I hadn't really thought of that. Your predecessor may very well have confronted a very similar high stress situation a couple of years prior. So, I mean, they'd be an excellent resource. Uh, I think the bottom line is that ultimate decisions in all organizations are largely positional, no question about it. But underlying this process will should certainly be a strong relational authority component as well. Well, it's also very true, Jamie, remembering that positional authority will always exist in the organization, as we've talked about today. And, and relational authority is so important for that success and well-being for all of the people in the organization. I often think if you recognize that uh, fact, that as an affective leader, this is the emergence of expertise in a leader. Uh, so I'd like to thank everyone for joining uh, Jamie and myself today. And next week, we'll be discussing as we move into towards November, 
expectations and empowerment, which will be our theme in the upcoming month. And just like to remind everyone that our podcast will be posted on a weekly basis. There will also be a weekly blog on LinkedIn and a short video on YouTube that both review this week's key points on affective leadership, five keys to establishing authority. And thanks again for joining us. And please continue to look for our overall series, Affective Leadership, Positivity Promotes Productivity in all of these formats. Please feel free to connect with Jamie and me on LinkedIn. We welcome our listeners' feedback and also any suggestions for future aspects of affective leadership that you'd like explored. We can always be reached at affectiveleadership at gmail.com. Jack and I look forward to connecting with you next week on Affective Leadership. Positivity promotes productivity.